Well, uh, hello, folks. Oh, and welcome. Willkommen. Willkommen. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. We're back again, baby. Welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything. Ah, uh, not some of the things. Unfortunately, every single thing that you need to know Todos about the US. things. Todos los things. About the USMNT, I am Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, so we love these shiny modern gnats. Yes, qualies. Let's burr, go. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Oh my god. It's we the peeps. It's we the peeps. Welcome to we the peeps. Are you ready for we the peeps? Holy moly, it's we the peeps. Folks, welcome to another Rasta pod. It's a Rasta pod time. Y'all know what it is, what it do. Rasta pods, they're our favorite, they're your favorite. This is born out in the numbers, all right? We have data that everyone loves Rasta pods. So welcome on in. Folks, if you are uh, new to the scene, thank you so much for joining us for checking us out and for getting to know these gnats. We've got an epic roster. We've got real live World Cup qualifiers. It's the real deal. Real this is not deal, a drill. Baby. This is not a drill, folks. It's the real thing. Uh, and we're gonna get into all of it. But first, some housekeeping very briefly. Uh, the number one thing you can do to support our show is what? There's a few number ones, a few things tied for number one. First up, we've got tell a friend. You gotta tell a friend. You are going to watch these World Cup qualifiers within speaking distance, within voice range of someone who does not know about our show. So use that voice, get it going, and tell them about our friggin' show because we need all the help we can get and uh, it'll be too late pretty soon. So let's do this thing. Tell your friends. Reach out to us on Twitter at WTPPod to hang out with us. You Wilbur can find us on Tango. Wilbur Pizza. Tango Pizza Pod. You can find us streaming live on YouTube recording these episodes uh, at by searching us on YouTube. I don't think there's a, as quite as easy of a link to just quote for you to find that. But if you search WTP pod on YouTube and hit that subscribe and notification button, uh, you'll get everything you need from us there. Uh, don't forget as well that a five-star iTunes review is a really quick and easy way for you to boost up our show. So please consider doing that. And last but definitely not least, perhaps least least, is the Patreon. Hit us up on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash WTP pod for just five bucks a month. That's five millions of Jurgen dollars and about point zero one one two uh Ricardo Pepe dollars. Ricardo Pepe pesos. Pepe Pepe, Pepe pesos. <laughs> 
very few Pepe pesos because those are that's so an ICO expensive right I want to I want to get involved with. <laughs> uh, you can become a ratified peep on our uh, in uh, become a, a ratified part of this community. A ratified peep on our Patreon. Do that. It helps us out. The show is not free to produce. We love doing it. It's not gonna, it's not that it's going to stop happening. Uh, but it does make it a lot easier to continue doing Other things in our lives have to stop happening. <laughs> if you don't submit yeah. to our Patreon, yes. something's got to give here. <laughs> Guys, we need you to do that, so please do that. And if you've already done that, as always, thank you so much. Sorry, son. Uh, you... I can't take you to the movies. <laughs> Today is not the day. Daddy spent no all his more... money on hosting. <laughs> no more Applebee's for this month. No more folks, Applebee's. Because Daddy need to stream obscure streaming channel to follow Pifok. All right, guys, let's rate get into it. It's kids. a Rastapod. We rate and review. We've got three games coming up, and they're all going to be played by some combination of the names I'm about to list out to you. Ty, are you ready to do this thing? Never been more ready. Waited oh my five God. fucking years for this shit, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. years we've waited yes. for this Rastapod. Let's fucking get it. All right. Both gloves. How many gloves are there to go around? Because we've got three in, I think, pretty even competition form. We have Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, and Isha Boy, Matty Two Hands Turda. Can you play two keepers? Can you play three keepers? <laughs> we might need one of these guys. Zach Steffen's pretty good with his feet. You're, you're playing center yeah, back. Yeah, center back. All right. Yeah, uh, defenders, we're bringing Georgie Bello. You know him. You Bello. done been loved him. Under uh, my John George Brooks. Bello. Hello, hello, a, a. Hey, Brooks, John baby Brooks. Brooks, yes. Baby, baby, Brooksy, baby, freshly shaved. Let's do this. We've got <laughs> Serginho <laughs> Destino. Just the, oh the just, uh, Aero, just aerodynamic. Power, the, the power rankings just in for Barcelona. He just became, what, their seventh best player, maybe? Yeah, he, After he definitely got left. bumped up a, a notch, yeah. <laughs> After yeah. someone left Barcelona. Someone. Serginho Dest Barcelona now. It's uh, it's certainly the Netherlands Barcelona but team now. Unfortunately, the Netherlands cannot <laughs> claim Dest because he's our dual net. Let's do this. We've got also Mark McKenzie, uh, Tim Ream, who's looking around wondering how in God's name did my life work out so that I would be on this roster? But it did, and we're all wondering the same thing, Tim Ream. But welcome on in, Anthony Robinson, the Jedi on the left there. We hope Miles Robinson. Uh, Jimmy Sando, Jimmy Sando, DeAndre Yedlin is back with us uh, with his with his Ghent neck tattoo, which you could see if you were joining the live stream on YouTube I have in my background. We've got Walker Zimmerman as well joining us from the MLS. MLS. Uh, let's see, he's not Los the only MLS. one from the MLS. I don't know. I, he just stands out to me as an MLS guy. George Bellows is like one foot out the door. Midfielders, we've got Kellen Acosta. Speaking of the MLS. Sebastian Legette, you're just too Legette to quit. I just cannot quit you, Sebastian Legette. We cannot quit you. <laughs> the West is the West is yet to manifest Westony. Westony oh! Kenny. So on a prior episode, sorry to interrupt the roster. On a prior episode, we had Sebastian Legette, LA Galaxy, 24 caps, seven goals. So Legette, 24-7. This yep. roster. Guess who's 24-7 now? It's 24-7. Weston McKenny. 24 caps, all day, seven goals baby. all day, homie. Oh, these, these two, they, they, they earned it. 
peep nominations for you for being 24-7 in Summer Garden. <laughs> and then, of course, our Roldan, the Roldan that we got. Christian yes, that's right. Roldan that's right. in the midfield. Up front, oh, it's about to get spicy. It's about to get, you know, postmodern. It's about to get sleek. Let's do this thing. It's the modern player. Wow. <laughs> we have Brendan Aronson from Salzburg. Conrad De La Fuente. Fishy report from Marseille these days. What's up? Uh, Jordan, Pafak is going on in here from Young Boys. Ricardo, count it, Pepe. Awesome. Zero, zero. Paradox, the anomaly, zero slash zero. No caps, no goals, because it's his firsty. Welcome to the USMNT, Ricardo Pepe. Woo! Christian Pulisic, get on in there. Giovanni Reina, no doubt. Another screamer for Borussia Dortmund this week. Let's go. Josh Sargent, Norwich City's finest. Another bad team that wears green jerseys where he can lose with Rashitza. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, Tim Weah. Timo. Leal, who is also featured in my YouTube visual background. Ty, we got a roster. It's been a few days. You've had some time to process. What are your first impressions? I'm very pleased with the roster. It, The core of it is certainly the the best eight or nine guys we have available and the fringe spots have been filled not necessarily with safe choices but with some risky choices and that's really exciting for me to see so we've seen Burhalter bring in a lot of different kinds of rosters and we just have never really known when he's serious because there always seems to be a caveat to every single tournament and COVID has something to do with that and that's fair but this is finally a situation where no excuses, no caveats, win now. There's no emphasis on development. These are the best players for this week to win games for the U.S. to get us into the World Cup. There's no argument about that. Nothing else is a priority. And so to see him just pick Ricardo Pepe sight unseen is stunning. And it's huge. There's, there's some injuries and things like that that are behind that a little bit, but... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, with uh, most of these choices. There's a couple names I would have liked to see and a couple names I, I wish I wasn't seeing. But that's okay. On balance, I'm happy. And as I've said, I'm reserving judgment on the Burhalter experience until we get a lineup for El Salvador. But if we, we're, we're one step closer to a really solid lineup for that first match against El Salvador. We are very close. Ty's referring to a promise that I reminded him of recently. Uh, I have, I've been, you know, post-COVID Gregor, I'll say, I, I won't say post-COVID because that's not accurate, but I will say post-vaccine Greg uh, has been a different Greg to me. Pfizer I, Greg. I, I think Pfizer Greg, <laughs> Johnson & Johnson, JJGG. JJGG. He's a different GGG to me. I, I, I have loved this guy, uh, but, but Ty has withheld his final, uh, final marks, uh, not quite final, but his first final marks on the Greg experience until we see the lineup in the first qualifier, which is coming up fast versus El Salvador. So before we talk about that, we have to address a little further the Ricardo Pepe situation. So what we, you mentioned a couple injuries, injuries to Zardes, injuries to, um, what's his face, Uh, DK. So we've got Zardes and DK not here. Correct or there's there's a was it a COVID situation or is it, so, so so they weren't yes, going to be I here think just injury yeah but Hoppy is uh, not here and I think he's healthy that was a Hoppy little bit Hoppy did of a miss. not get selected so Pe- Pepe is c- 
kind of taking that hoppy spot, but obviously they they're they're leaning more on the the nine. So they have right. they have Sergeant and Pifok who can play there, but Pepe does nothing but but score as far as yeah. I've seen. So so for those who aren't familiar, who's Ricardo Pepe? What what's going on here? So he's the latest starlet of the Dallas Academy. He broke onto the scene a couple years ago when he was playing for their USL affiliate, North Texas, as a 15 or 16-year-old and scoring tons and tons of goals. And so there's been a half-joking, half-serious hype train around him. So he's now known kind of semi-officially as just the train. And he is also a dual national. So this season has been his breakout year in MLS. He's got nine goals in maybe 20-odd games so far this year, clearly top you know, uh, player in MLS, and he's presumably attracting a lot more attention from Mexico. And so now is the time, if we're going to to, to act, uh, it, it's become a lot more urgent. So he's one where I wished that he was on the Gold Cup roster, because that would have been an easier time to integrate a, you know, hot young player, but I'll take it. If, if we're just going to get him on the field a little bit in these World Cup qualifiers, maybe, maybe in moments where the game is locked up or even in moments where we need a goal. I, he's, he's one of the hotter American strikers at the moment, regardless of his past international experience. That counts for something. So the first knee-jerk reaction is this is a predatory cap. And then the discussion becomes, is it, you know, what are the ethics around predatory capping? I want to stop the conversation right there and say, this might not be as predatory as you think it is. I mean, I don't think so. I think it's a definitely, combination. Yeah. There is absolutely an argument for Ricardo Pepe being included on this squad mm-hmm. um, given the field, you know, given the situation. He's a guy who is scoring goals in the MLS, which is enough to get you on to the men's national team right now uh, because we don't have a clear goal scoring number nine. Um, Ty, do you think that's fair to say that this didn't have to be a dual national situation to justify Ricardo Pepe's presence? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really solid to have more pressure on Sargent as well, because um, Sipachu provides a little bit of that, but I think having having even more in the camp is great. And, you know, at, at the moment, I, I think Pepe and Sargent would be at a similar level. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can bring. That's a stretch. I definitely put Sergeant above Pepe in general overall, but it's, Pep, I would I would roll the dice. What's he on... done so far? I mean, what's he, what Ooh, has he Sergeant? done for Norwich that Pepe wouldn't have done for Norwich? He's better on the ball, and he's better. He's a better possession player, which matters to Greg Berhalter True. and True. everyone. And he does score. He did score a couple goals in the Bundesliga too before moving over to Norwich. And he scored so, in the cup. Which, which, if given, you know, Bundesliga 2 is similar to the MLS level, arguably better. And Josh Sargent goes in there and just immediately starts scoring goals. So I, th- I think, whatever. I mean, this, this isn't the point. Josh Sargent is here because it's much e- more easy to, to justify his presence. He's been around already forever, it feels like. But he does seem like a player that's waiting to be uh, surpassed Yeah. in the pool. Choo-choo, Clayton. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Let's go with this train. Um, there's, I'm psyched to see him. I, you know, and I think it's, it shows uh, Greg's ability to identify the moment with some of these uh, call-ups and some of these decisions. Totally. He has been at times like there's there at the beginning of the Gold Cup we saw Jackson Yule start, which was 
upsetting and um, disturbing and sort of physically, uh, yeah, uh, you know, problematic. What's the term? Was, yeah, sickening. It was, sickening. It was sickening. Yeah, like yes. causing it, illness. It gave. Yeah, yeah correct. Right. Um, right. There were there were symptoms of it. <laughs> Uh, the fact that that happened, um, but so but then we saw him, you know, swiftly replaced by other better options. And the vibe I get from the the GGG experience recently is uh, just enough, a little too late. That that's what we're gonna see. And I think this call up from Ricardo Pepe fits the brand there. It's just enough, a little too late maybe, but it's happening. But we, and we'll it's, take it. It's what we wanted. Yeah. And the the only other guy who is on this roster who was on neither of the summer rosters is Conrad De La Fuente. Let's go. Who Conrad. at the time that these summer rosters were selected was still an unknown Barcelona youth player and has moved to Marseille, which was a big step up. I did not think he would play. And he has totally proven me wrong, gone straight into the starting lineup on a, a couple of occasions and already has two assists in uh two hundred odd minutes. So he's doing really, really well for Marseille, which is a, a, always one of the top teams in the French league, uh, playing with Dimitri Payet and other, um, you know, top players. Over yeah, there. it's incredible to see him get some shine over there. Uh, he was, he seemed to be in a group of players that, um, from the youth team at Barcelona, that was like on the naughty list for some reason. There's a few of them over there. Uh, Pedri, yeah. like you know, uh, made it out, but there's Elish like, Mariba and uh, the little dude Elish, who's the who's the the, the, the tiny, tiny dude, Rick, Ricky name, Puig. Ricky Pooch or Pooch, as, yeah, Ricky Pooch. Said, yeah, yeah. yeah, that he's he's the. I think Elish just got shipped out. Yeah, as well. Elish so. is great. I mean, these guys. I think there's a there's a team you know waiting to happen with Conrad De La Fuente, Elish, and Pooch. Uh, all roasting on the bench, but hey, um, you know, so I can see how you're considering this a step up, but I think there are lots of Barcelona fans or American-based Barcelona fans for sure who are have been really confused about why Conrad De La Fuente has not already been playing for Barcelona. Um, that, yeah, I I definitely count myself in that group. I, I, I He had moments where he started to break through a little bit, and then there were situations where like, they could have been using him, you know, it's like, oh, minute 60, they need a goal, minute 70, they need a goal. And they just never seem to pull the trigger on like actually giving him a run of games to, to prove what he can do. But what I would say, having, you know, reviewed some of his tape at um, the youth team level and his numbers, like, and watched him for, um, for the US youth teams, there's a, there's a big problem with end product. So he's he's one of those guys where it's like he's got everything except the numbers, and it's like that's okay to a degree, but at the end of the but day, it's you going to be produce. a problem. <laughs> so that's why I'm that's why I'm very encouraged by how he's been doing for Marseille so far because there are numbers there, uh, and I think you know if he if he can put that together, it's just that last decision, that last split second that's been off, but he does you know for that U.S. Uh, U20 team a couple of years ago. When he comes on, he definitely changes the dynamic of the game because he's such a powerful weapon, uh, and he he totally changes how the defense has to address uh, the U.S. So I can't wait to see him. I don't. I, I'm not eager to chuck him in to uh, you know away game in El Salvador, but I think uh, it you, you can have worse problems than an under seasoned Marseille winger. You know what I mean? Like we we're yeah. used to we're used to seasoned. Uh, Columbus Crew winger, and so <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take unseasoned Marseille winger. That's right, yeah. So there's uh, so that's our that's our newbies, right, coming into this group. And I think for for Conrad, uh, it 
there, there's a lot to be said for him just being here, even if he doesn't play. I think he's someone who's clearly going to factor in the next, you know, in this in this World Cup cycle, he's a factor. For sure, for sure. So getting him some of that training time, getting him with the group, I think is importante. Um, the, the group, as we say, is going to be finally be able to grip onto its gravitational center uh, for 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 once it, it, every once in a while we get a beautiful opportunity to see it to see Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney, and Tyler Adams on the field at the same time. If the I, stars I align, if the stars this align, actually happens. Yeah. I have not looked this up, but I think there's been two times that this has happened under. I Greg. believe it's two games and about ninety minutes total. That oh. the three of them have been on the field for this. So Pulisic is coming off of a uh, a COVID thing. I thought potentially so is Weston McKenney. They were both they both didn't feature for their clubs like so recently, a couple weekends ago. McKenney was suspended for the first game. I don't I guess he got a red in the last game of the last season or something, or a cup game or something. Um, but he's also, there's also an ongoing kind of transfer speculation, which we'll see if that concludes uh, as of the deadline um, in a few days. Potentially moving to Tottenham is the, the, the word on the street Juventus has to sell. So we'll see. Um, with Pulisic, yeah, he had COVID. He was vaccinated, so he was asymptomatic. Doesn't sound like it prevented him from doing any of his own you know, training work, but he just couldn't be with the group. So he, he missed Chelsea's first two games, uh, but his quarantine ends maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. So he's able to travel to the U.S. and partake in these games. But I, it might be tough to start him game one. So I, might, I, I would probably anticipate that he'll come off the bench against El Salvador and, and just you know try to get to the point where the U.S. has the game locked up and then use him in the last the second half or the last... 30, 40 minutes to get some fitness before the Canada game. I could not be more psyched at the, I don't, I don't think we've, we've spent enough hype for the opportunity to see not just these three, the T-map midfield, which we've been discussing for actually how many years, Ty? How many, I, I want to I, I want to set the stage. My intention here at this juncture in the show is to really paint a picture of yeah. what a big ass fucking deal this is for us. Okay. So five, six years ago, Ty and I started a podcast, which we hoped would latch on to the to the World Cup cycle uh, just in time and, and explode. Russia! The US, the U.S. ended up not qualifying for that World Cup Russia. with a baby uh, Christian Pulisic crying in the showers in his jersey and cleats. Literally. Uh, and, a, and a Tyler Adams and a Weston McKenney who were ready but not present. Nothing they could do about it. We then spent the yep. next couple years just manging on scraps any of every Weston McKenney minute we could get, uh, you know, at um, what was, at Schalke in in Germany when Schalke, I, there was a there was a game that year where Schalke played Dortmund Christian Pulisic in the Riviere Derby, which is this huge rivalry, and it was a four four draw, which both of these teenagers participated in. Naldo uh, time, baby. It was yeah, it was an unbelievable <laughs> soccer game, which I exposed my roommates to. And I was like, it was, I was overjoyed. It was the, it was like the best soccer game you could ask for, for new fans. And they, they, they left sort of like uninterested in soccer still. And I was like, okay, after that game, there's nothing we can there's do. It a, had yeah, Americans. It's, it's no hoper. It's yeah. no hoper. So this is years ago, right? We've been talking about this, praying for the T-Map midfield. And here we are at another World Cup cycle beginning. Uh, this is the finals of, of qualification, which is weird, but we join in in the finals. 
and we're finally getting a chance once again to relive this dream that we hoped to live five years ago. Uh, the opportunity to qualify for a World Cup with this young and exciting generation, which since then has only matured. So we're now looking at a roster that not just the T-Map midfield, but all around this bitch is our uh, shiny, young, talented players that clubs around the world would love to have. Folks like Tim Weah. Folks like Brendan Aronson at RB Salzburg. Folks like uh, Anthony Robinson and Gio George Reyna. Bello. Gio Reyna, let's go. These are all players who we didn't even know their names uh, last time, last cycle. And now they are the real deal. Um, and this this roster is, if, if you're just tuning into this team, it's a perfect time because this roster is, is going to produce an, an exciting and interesting uh, team to watch, period. Yes, and what... The, the, the greatest legacy of the failure in 2018 is just to make us appreciate the, the, the risk here and the drama here. Because uh, for most U.S. fans' uh, memories, it had always been tough to qualify, but we qualified. And then last time out, it was tough to qualify, and we failed. And we actually felt, oh my god, it can really go that wrong that we don't make it. We don't even come in third in CONCACAF, let alone fighting Mexico to be the best team in CONCACAF. Didn't even come in third. Didn't even come in fourth. So this can go so badly. And we got, we got to witness that last time out, which is going to make it all the more exciting, dramatic. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be in that corner of my bedroom a lot. Oh, yeah. And... and uh, you know, the, the whole nine yards, this whole thing, it, it, it's it's so epic, so dramatic, and so wonderful. So we're glad that you're here. If you've started watching the team in the last couple of years, you've never experienced anything like this. this it's a whole new step up in level of intensity. And then on top of that, there's a World Cup at the end of it, which is an e obviously an even greater step on top of that. Yeah. So this, this is the is good stuff. The, this is what this we've is been waiting for this whole time. I don't care about, you know, I'll, I'll take a Gold Cup. I'll take a Nations League. The yep. only thing that matters to me is making it to the World Cup and doing well in the World Cup. That's like the, the entire focus of my, my soccer fandom, which occupies this very, perhaps too large part of my existence <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah the world cup is all that for international soccer the world cup is all that truly matters and it's not a stretch to say that the world cup begins on for us on september 2nd versus, that is correct that is uh correct. versus el salvador. el salvador thank you um so ty tell us a little bit about uh the stakes here we have to win uh certain we we're playing a, a round robin against eight teams we have to play them all i think home and away is that correct or so that is correct home and away so, so yeah the traditional format of world cup qualifying in Concacaf has been six teams in the final round and the u.s did not qualify automatically for that final round and that was called the hex so we would have to go through a preliminary qualification stage to get into the hex and they changed it around because uh the u.s has had some trouble in that round and that round is kind of it's kind of wonky. It's like you put you put the U.S. with three weak teams. You put the you put Mexico with three weak teams. It's kind of, uh, I guess it's a little pointless. And so what they would rather do, what Concacaf would rather do, is have more intense, you know, final round qualifying games. So they made it an eight-team tournament, 
which means 14 games, seven on the road, seven at home. And from those eight teams, the top three will qualify and the fourth place team will go into a playoff. I'm not sure who the playoff is against this time. Um, but what that means is that when it comes just to the final round, it is harder than before because fewer teams out of the, the contestants will make it. So just on the surf, just based on that, our odds of qualification have gone down a little. It's harder to qualify. Um, but the longer format is, is amazing. It gives us much more entertainment, much more drama, and potentially time to reset if there are uh, wobbles. So last time out, game one. This is story time here. Story time! Game one versus Mexico in Columbus, defending a, a, a four-match, I think, win streak in these qualifiers in Columbus. Uh, Mr. Jurgen Klinsmann trots out a five-in-the-back formation that has not been tried at all in any of the preliminary games leading up to the qualifying, and it fails horrifically. The players don't know what they're doing. They give up an early goal, kind of scrap their way back into it, and then Mexico scores and, and wins the game. So Mexico beats the U.S. in the first uh, qualifier. Second qualifier, down in Costa Rica, the second hardest qualifier in the group. And the U.S. is flat, lacks motivation, doesn't seem ready, loses 4 nothing, And Jurgen Klinsmann gets fired. Bruce Arena takes over. Bruce Arena gets some initial results back where they need to be. There's signs of life, but then starts fading towards the end, and the U.S. doesn't qualify. And it could be that in that scenario, if we had a couple more games, maybe there would have been more time to recover from that early stumble. So that, that, in that way, it could play into our hands because we're one of the teams that's, you know, quote-unquote, supposed to qualify. Um, but that's, that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at, I think it's about eight months of windows where it's going to be three games per window. Thick and fast, points to be won all over the place. And it's a big league table, and we just want to be in one of those top three spots. I'll, I'll, I'll just go for, for the top spot. I think we should just... Yeah, LFG. Let's yeah. get the top LFG. spot. LFG, yeah. So, uh, starting versus El Salvador. What can you tell us about El Salvador? What should we look out for uh, in this first qualifier? So, El Salvador traditionally, like most of the Central American teams, they are hardworking, they're very scrappy, they're very sort of uh, plucky, and they're they're definitely good if they if they can find a way to get an early goal or grind you down to, you know, late in the game where it, with it still nil-nil, they're going to find every possible way they can to get that result over the line. And the, and you'll you'll see, especially with El Salvador at home, the fans getting involved, the whole atmosphere being incredibly hostile and difficult for the U.S. Uh, and that that's going to go from the, <laughs> the moment they land in the airport to the moment they leave, they're going to be getting shit the entire time. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, you know, very, very hot. It's going to be uh, noisy. There will be people outside the hotel at three in the morning, all that stuff. Classic CONCACAF experience. People throwing things at the bus, yada, yada. But what's different about this El Salvador team this time around is they've, they have a little bit of a resurgence in the overall level of quality that's being led, in fact, by a former member of the U.S. national team program, Hugo Perez, who was one of our main scouts 
went to Mexico to be a scout and now has this opportunity to be the head coach with, uh, with El Salvador. And he is joined by his nephew, Josh Perez, formerly of LAFC, now playing in USL, who was himself a, a U.S. youth team player, along with Alex Roldan, brother of Christian Roldan. And so you have these kind of this new phenomenon where dual nationals who might have previously been in contention to play with the U.S. or, you know, at least on the fringes enough that they would they would want to keep trying they're not able to, you know, the, the U.S. pool has gotten so much stronger that you're seeing more players move to some of their other CONCACAF nations that they could represent. We saw, saw this with uh, Io Akinola, for instance, going to play for uh, Canada and some of the other, you know, David Ochoa is another example, committed to Mexico recently. And that's just because there's no, it's hard to see him getting significant time anytime soon for uh, the U.S. with you know, two or even three relatively strong youngish goalkeepers and it might be a better opportunity somewhere else. This is this like weird new thing that's happening where the U S yeah. pool is so good that people are starting to drift into the other teams and the, and El Salvador has been benefiting from this. They've, uh, their, uh, performances have gotten a lot better. They were one of the surprises of the gold cup, uh, playing a pretty good style. And so we'll, we should be seeing kind of a different style of El Salvador soccer than just uh, trying to pick, you know, uh, pick off a goal and then and then defend the goal. But yeah, I, I go, fully expect all the dark arts to be on display. That's just yes. That's that's how it works. The dual net Hugo Perez thing is is really interesting. I mean, at the time that Hugo Perez left, that was shortly after he who shall not be named Julian Gonzalez or what's his name Jonathan Gonzalez Julian. Judge yeah, John, Julian Gonzalez is our friend Jonathan Gonzalez. Went to play for Mexico. Okay. Not our friend. Uh, not, not our friend anymore. We old friends. Uh, frenemies. Uh, <laughs> frenemies, yeah, exactly. But Hugo Perez was sort of, it, there's, it seemed related phenomenon. This, there was a, there was like a, at the yep. time, a sensation it was a related, that there was a, it was the, yeah. There was, yeah, there, if I recall, there was like a, some sort of uh, contention around whether or not players felt comfortable speaking Spanish in the U.S., camps um right which would make sense if spanish is one of their main languages and would be would make sense being in america speaking spanish makes sense that's a thing that happens here a lot like all the time like all um, the time like there's, there's lots of people who mostly yeah. speak spanish <laughs> yeah that's okay it's totally chill uh and and at the time there was a lot of german being spoken in in the u.s team and and still maybe is a little bit but at the time there was a lot of german being spoken in the in, in the I would, u.s honestly the just this quick side note on that yeah. i bet it's it, i bet it's all over the place man because you yeah. got somebody's got to talk to pfock in in french Presumably, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he speaks great English, but I'm sure he's more comfortable in Pafak French. Is and and Timo, Timo has got to be his French has to be incredible. Yeah, he's got every language. He's got he every. Forgets language. what language he's in at the moment. He switches <laughs> yeah, exactly. over based on what. So I, I'm guessing we've got five or six languages flying around on a yeah. in your average scrimmage for the U.S., so, which is exactly so, like pickup here, and that's. You know, that's that's what we love. Work. We love that. It's how it should be. But so Hugo Perez leaves and with him takes the optimism that we would uh, uh, and confidence that we'd be able to um, serve our Mexican-American dual national right. uh, population because he represented the ability to speak to that experience, the Mexican-American experience from a USMNT perspective um, and make people feel welcome and invited. And the fact that he left was a serious indictment on our ability to 
to um, connect with the very real and significant um, portion of our player pool and our and more importantly our fan uh, base for for this team that is Mexican American. And Having, he, he is from El Salvador, to be clear, but in general, to to integrate more Latin American players is what we're trying to say. Thank you for that. That needed to be said. Um, so, ha but having Hugo Perez as head coach of the El Salvadorian national team with with Alex Roldan, as you mentioned, et cetera, et cetera, versus a Ricardo Pepe who represents the the the, the stopgap here. So I don't have a problem at all with uh, the U.S. losing our B-team players to other nations. I think Ayo Akinola and Alex Roldan both fall in that category, players that probably wouldn't have gotten a real shot. But we are at serious risk when you start to think about um, the, like, when you, when you start to think about the Mexican-American players specifically, we're at serious risk of losing A-team prospects because of, of, you know, alienating and ostracizing this important uh, population, this important American population. Um, so a player, so David Ochoa almost comes to mind. He's, you know, at the quality of a Zach Steffen. He's just, he's, he's, he has a little Brad Guzan effect happening where he's just slightly the wrong age uh, and is sort of, yep. will be doomed to a BT-mitis. Um, but uh, the other dude who just left from LA Galaxy, what's his name? Uh, he was at the Gold Cup. Oh, yeah, 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 Efra. Efra, Efra Alvarez. That strikes me as closer to an A-team prospect. Efra Alvarez is, could have been, I think, like up there with a Brendan Aronson type, you know, similar, similar levels. Well, yeah, he's, he's kind of as good as Brendan Aronson was three years ago. And he's you know, so he has the potential Aronson. to become a Brendan Aronson, but Brendan yeah. Aronson has become so much more than what he looked at the time. So like, when I look at like, oh, Conrad De La Fuente is like a fringe U.S. national team player. Conrad De La Fuente is way better than Efra Alvarez. Sorry. So I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not bothered by it. I get the point though. I mean, it's it's definitely a bigger miss. Okay, bigger miss. And, I just don't see a pattern anymore. I don't see like a a pattern of incompetence. You know, like yeah. with with Jonathan Gonzalez. Uh, never reaching out to the family, for instance, like that kind of stuff, and that that attitude of like, eh, they don't really want to play for us. We don't want them anyway. It's like that's not how this works. I, I see a very active like full court press to get guys like Dest to commit, and and you know, uh, presumably lots of discussions with Pepe, and it it's just like college recruiting. Like you yeah. can't just hold your hands up and say, well, if they don't really want to come to Clemson that's fine. It's like, no, you're going to have to compete a little bit. And that's just the reality of, of the situation. And I think it's worth it. I think it's good for the players to, to have to be kind of um, heard. You know, it's, a, it's not just a matter of getting called in and, and shut up. You know, I think it's good for the, for the program to kind of have to tailor things in a way that the players need. Yeah. To succeed. And it wasn't that Jonathan Gonzalez, I wasn't upset that Jonathan Gonzalez chose Mexico, I was upset that Jonathan Gonzalez probably would have chosen the U.S. Uh, you know, I think right. something bad happened to this young man, right. in fact, right, that right, right. we showed this incompetence. That's a more, that's, you know, theoretically there are players who do want to play for us, but they're just getting wined and dined, you know, by, by Mexico. And so, and, and I also think Ricardo Pepe is the, is one of our first chances, um, post, uh, What's his face? There, there's been a couple chances to have a Mexican American star in this generation of players, mm -hmm. and right now Ricardo Pepe is our is our best hope. 
Yeah, yeah. And and we've never had that sort of transcendent Mexican American player. And I don't think Ricardo Pepe is likely to be that, but I sure hope that happens someday because that will be a huge milestone. You know, yeah. not only not only now having in MLS a lot of the top Mexican national team players, but imagine having, you know, not only one but maybe two or three really top level Mexican American players who are you know, visibly, proudly Mexican, proudly American, choose to represent the U.S. And that's, that's, you know, just, just a part of their story. It's not, it wasn't a backup plan, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything negative on the part of the Mexican Federation. It's just, no, I want to play with this awesome team, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that would be a, a big breakthrough moment for the, for the U.S. M&T and uh, in attracting the attention that, that they deserve. Yep. So this is all going to go swimmingly according to plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Fourteen and <laughs> zero, baby. <laughs> what? Uh, so, but so let's do like what you would want to see as your eleven, and yes, and, yeah. Talk, let's talk do eleven. Through, okay. It looks pretty good. Uh, it's starting to look pretty exciting. It is. Really, it is looking exciting. So down. this this roster, I was kind of pondering like who's missing from the ostensible A team roster. For the nation's yeah, league. So I was just I was that. just looking yeah. that up and I what I notice is Miazga's missing, Ewell, Musa, who's been injured, just came back yesterday, um, but not ready. Ochoa we lost, and then Cannon didn't make it. So that's five guys from the Nations League roster who have been either turned over, like are either injured or have been turned over with uh, guys who performed well in the gold cup. That seems about right. That seems like a, a solid ratio. You had an A team and a B team. Some of the guys got relegated from the A team. Some of the guys got promoted from the B team, like Miles Robinson, Jimmy Sando, etc. Yeah. So I, I really like the composition. And so where does that leave us with an eleven now? This is Ooh. this is the the eleven that we want to well, see. Well, let's do while you're doing while you're doing that. Um, any other. Final shout-outs to people, names who did not make this roster, who maybe you would have wanted to see. Um, I, I think maybe. there's, for me, there's a, a Luca Busio, a, a Gianluca Busio. Uh, maybe. I think for me, yeah. instead of James Sands, but I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get I it. Could, it's, I, I don't totally think it's, uh, I, I'm not up in arms about it. Um, but I'm surprised to see James Sands because I didn't think he played that I didn't think well. He was I that thought great. he just played thing, a lot. But but James Sands can play center back in a two, a three, and he can play a six. Right, 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 right. So yeah. I get it. I totally get it. I yeah. maybe I would take James Sands and um, and Busio and no Tim Ream. And as right, Ty right, mentioned right. in a text yeah. to me, which is hilarious, just make this guy a coach. Why are we? Why do we have to put him on the fucking roster? <laughs> we want him well, for his leadership. One thing I notice is that it's twenty six, which I I wonder. You, so you're you're allowed to bring as many players as you can, but the official uh, game day roster is twenty three. But apparently, you can switch between twenty threes, which is interesting, and it it enforces the idea that we've had of the you could bring forty. Yeah, you could bring forty six. Swap them. We it enforces the idea that we've had about an away team and a home team. You know, maybe with a similar core of four or five players, but you change the other players to suit the environment or the the, the need. So I like that, and so I, I don't mind as much because Tim Ream's not taking up space in a twenty three that somebody else could be filling. He seems to be the twenty sixth guy on the 
uh, an overstuffed roster as opposed to blocking double anybody. stuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. double right, stuffed right. with Tim Reeves. Um, but he... I think yeah, one final shout out to uh, to the next Clint Dempsey, greatest, the goat of all time. Um, happiness is the truth. Happiness is the truth. Thank you. Yeah, I would love for him to be on here. I can see, I can see why not. It's, it's busy up there with young, young talent. But I, I, I thought of everybody in the Gold Cup, he showed the most specialness. Yeah. So I, I missed that. I missed and that. apparently him and Pulisic are good friends, and I want to see them. I need more footage of that. The, I want the, the Ruhr I want Valley them, buddies. I want them high five. I want to see them talking. Something. Something. I need, give me, streaming, I need some streaming content Fortnite. on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need something, guys. All right, all right. So no other, no other people to that, no other misses here. Then we can go into the eleven. There's not, there's not a huge amount. I mean, I would love to see Musa here, but I get the injury thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he was excluded based on his skill. I think it was just the the Musa thing is really it just just keeps keeps <laughs> hanging. He's yet to be captied. Yeah, the drama Musa. is thick. He's he's officially committed in a in an Instagram video, but that's it. That's, That's the only it. commitment. And this is like uh this is like when you're when you're in a relationship that like yeah and like the 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 other person like doesn't want to admit that it's a relationship yet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This they is don't my want to put friend. a label on it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't want to put a label on this. Like, maybe I'm you just, just don't want to put a label on me. Maybe that's maybe I'm the thing that you don't want to label. Yeah, I'm not sure who's who in the metaphor, but it's concerning regardless. Um all right, all right, all right. Time all right, all right. Let's go. Let's go. 11. Let's get at 11. Get out there, um, boys. Uh, first choice is hard. Give the some first gloves. choice is really hard. First so, choice so is the hardest. First I want to go. I want to do this away deepest. team, home team. I want to do the away team, home what? team. What? Do El Salvador. Do, just let's... yeah, El, El Salvador. Oh, so, Matt Turner. Okay, away. It's away to El Salvador. So we're away team. You're away teaming this. I'm away teaming this. I'm going. I'm assuming bad field, hot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not the best, Zach Steffen situation. Okay, and I will respond. You, you you will need to tell me if this is an every time pick or an away team pick, and okay. I will respond with either an agree. And if it is an away team pick, I will give you my my because I don't know. I will so I'll, and I'll respond in some way. Okay. Um, I my response to yours. So you say away team, Matt Turner. Uh, my response to that is um, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. For me, no matter what game we're playing, it is difficult to choose between Zach Steffen and Matt Turner. You are choosing Correct. between feet, good feet, and zero mistakes. You can choose one. Exactly. Good feet or zero mistakes. Exactly. And it is a difficult choice. It but is. Difficult I, I'm happy choice. with the Matt Turner uh, decision here. All right, next up. Center right backs. back. Right back. Are you going three in the back or what? You, Two in the back. You're a 4-3-3 three, three. Three, three guy all four, day. 4-3-3 three, three, all, every day. Day. all every day. Every day. Right back, Sergio Destino. Every team, Sergio Destino. Every team. Um, good. Um, center backs. I I like uh, just quick mention for having Pulisic and Dest both on the left is is dope good, to watch. Good point. Really good point. Real, that is a really good time. But um, I'm fine with this. <laughs> right a side. really good time. <laughs> <laughs> that right. is a really good time. That's true. And also, and we do have a Ghent tattooed DeAndre Yedlin in camp to to debutize. But okay, We've, all right. I so th- so already. True. Who's your left back then? Let's talk about the right left right back left back. Well, I think I want to go for Anthony Robinson, but I don't really like him in El Salvador. Yeah, I don't really either. like him in El Salvador. So maybe what I would do in El Salvador, I'm having second thoughts based on your feedback, is Dest on the left, and then 
either do the Adams right back thing or yeah. What? Don't do the Adams right. Fuck out of here with the Adams right back thing. I'm fine with uh, Dest Yedlin and I'm also fine with Bello Yedlin, respectively. Dest, you know, is on a different side in either one of those. But I, I, I think I'm changing my mind. I, I want Yedlin on the field in, for El Salvador. Okay. Because I, I think the dude, he, I th his pace works anywhere. He can scramble and prevent, like, if something's going wrong, oh, man, he yeah. can he can intervene. Speaking of and the so, Turnerverse. And he's experienced. They, so I, they, like, we, I like this. Yeah, we joke about the Turnerverse. Like, every every game that Matt Turner's in, he like he switches us to a different parallel universe at least once per game. There There is a Yedlin-verse as well. Where <laughs> it's like something chaotic happens. Something, it's, there's always a good laugh with Yedlin. There's some, he does something that's both athletic and ridiculous. Correct. Uh, he, so the entertainment value is, is, yeah, is always on point. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Des Yedlin is the Des right Yedlin. choice I like it, it. for this game. Like All right, center and backs. Center backs. I'm going for Brooks, left center back, and the away team, I want Zimmerman on the right. Wow. Home son. team, I want Robinson. Wow, son. Okay, I, I, I want Brooks Robinson. I want to see it so bad. Brooks Robinson could be the thing for this cycle with a with a sneaky Chris Richards as a backup. There could be nothing um, wrong with um, Miles Robinson on the away team. We just haven't seen it. He hasn't played much for the youth team, so I haven't seen him go into that kind of environment. So And Walker Zimmerman. And, and Walker Zimmerman is a freaking tank, and yeah. he can handle it. Love it, love it. So I vote I vote Brooks Robinson, uh, but and you're going Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Midfield. We're going to have a midfield three, we assume. We assume. We assume. So who are you going with to start here? I'm going with Adams, McKenney, Reyna. In the midfield? Yes. Reyna, Reyna, so Reyna as a 10 yeah. and a dual, a dual eight dual eight. situation. Yeah. yeah. Pivot eights. Oh, I love it. Anything, anything to get Tyler or six, Adams. eight, 10, six, eight, 10 is fine with me. Or six, eight, 10. Yeah. With, uh, I'm assuming Weston as the eight in there. Yeah. Weston as the eight. Yeah. Um, it's pretty lit. It's pretty fucking lit. Anytime I can see Weston and Tyler like high-fiving and partner defensing up is I'm happy with it. That yeah. is just incredible. Um, I am a little concerned, away team especially, about Gio Reyna at the 10. It's a lot of internal traffic happening. A lot of tight, a lot of shysty, tight space uh, things going on in there. I, might, I could see that. I might feel better with him out, out wide. Would you, so would you then think of Legette, maybe? I would go, I would go Legette. Okay. This, at the, at yeah, the I can 10. see Legette doing well in an away team situation, and Gio yeah. not doing well. Yeah, yeah. I think Gio is a little. Um, I'm I'm just worried about his mentality in those. Spaces. He's a tough but, one to leave off the team, but winger, but he's, he's less of a liability. Nations League, his, what he showed in Nations League started to relax my concerns about his mentality a little bit. He seems to be someone who has a garbage mentality unless he's truly challenged. Like he needs a real challenge, and then his mentality is perfect, which is right. Okay, it's okay, kind of that's okay. what you want. So we'll see. But I'm gonna buy I, this. I'm we'll, I'm buying this. I like it. I what I'm not, what I don't want to see is um, Kellen Acosta at the six. Yes, please no. Please Dear no. God, no. And and I think we might see Kellen Acosta at the six with Adams McKenney as like a eight yeah. ten situation. Yeah, I I want Adams as the six, and then if we go legit, then it's two eights with no ten, which is totally yeah. fine with me. 
in that with, yeah. with, with, the, with the, the amount of creativity. But you it. want Adams as a pure six in the middle. That's running. The that show. would be my preference. Run the show. I love that. I think that Adams, QB even won. at Red Bull this year, he's, he seems injury free, even at Red Bull. I don't think they run the ball through him enough. I think he he's a player who, if you really trust his vision and you just run the play through him, there's a lot. There will be some annoying, like Nagby-ish situations where the ball's just going backwards mm, mm-hmm. too often. But one out of five, he cracks the 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 back line wide open with a right. pass. Just right, run right. it through this kid. Just trust. Just keys. Give him the keys. All the keys. Okay. I agree. Uh, so then so we have so we're, I, I think we're agreed at least for the away game on Legette. So we'll go Adams McKenny Legette. Yep. Okay. And then so that that takes front. a winger spot for Gio. Yep. Gio's Gio's starting. Gio start. on the right. Pulisic on the left. Ooh, spicy. Spicy meatball. I don't like Pulisic on. on the road, but he's so good that bad Pulisic is still fine. And it's also Pulisic. This is the Frank Lampard uh, thing where there every team has to have players that never um that always start and your team lives or dies i think jürgen klinsman brought this mm, idea to the table yeah that your team lives or dies based on whether or not they can handle the situation and you never you the, you never even question form anything if they can play they play and yeah. polisic is is that guy for us yep and i'll go with a, a unusual nine point uh, pick oh Timo. baby I want Timo. Uh, not unusual. I've been crying for the Tim Weah. Get out the there. Nine. Let's so go. That's, he he can play kind of nine. a false nine situation. He's got it. He's got. He's going to work covered. super, super hard. Yeah. And he's not. He's totally not going to crack under the pressure. That the man thrives. He he he. He, he only feels alive. Breakfast. Yeah. He he doesn't feel alive unless there's at least you know hundred thousand dollars. I think Josh Sargent would would just collapse. If, Josh you know, Sargent is not ready. He's I don't want anyone throwing urine at Josh Sargent. I'll yeah. just put it that way. I don't think that ends well. It's not okay. that I want people throwing <laughs> urine at Tim Weah. I'm just not worried about that situation. <laughs> I'm not concerned. I'm just not as concerned about it. He's fine. He's going to be fine. Just, Josh I, is a Josh no, is a little bit like no. you have to you we everybody wants to invite Josh but you have to think about which club you go to. You yeah, know? we yeah, like exactly. Josh. Yeah. It's not that we don't want him in the friend group. Right. We just don't think but, Josh uh, is, is going to enjoy going to that club. I, he doesn't like secrets. It's <laughs> too icky. I so, want I want that so bad. I want the Tim. I want us to pack it in a little bit more than we do. I want us to play with a deeper lying, uh, yes. you know, d- back line, and then I want us to spring on the counter. With, yes. Can you imagine Gio Reyna? Tim Weah and Christian Pulisic with a laboring Sebastian Legette just catching up puffing, late, yes. trying to catch up late. Oh, the beauty, the the splendor of that front three going at you on the counter is it, un, un, unmeasurable. Immeasurable. And the, the counter thing, that's exactly what we want to do. So yeah. El Salvador's inclination is going to be to sit back, right? But they're they're changing their philosophy a little bit. So let them play. Come at, and then come break at me, their bro. fucking hearts. Totally. Every time. Yes. Play play like old school pep countering or, or, or clop countering. Yes. Let's do this. Thing. Heavy metal and football. The, and I don't think that, yeah, we're not a, we're not a high press. Uh, not in El Salvador. Team in, in El Salvador. August or whatever. September. Yeah. yeah. No, no thanks. We could be in the future 
We could be. We're the home game there. against Canada. Yes. Absolutely. That's a high press situation. Yes. All day. And so for that for that game from the roster that we just named, as I said, I want Robinson at center back. So that's a difference. Pull Yedlin. Put Dest on the right. Put Ro- put Anthony Robinson on the left. The the USMNT family Robinson. This is happening. <laughs> so we've got Dest and Robinson on the wings. On the on oh. the, the the ends of the back line. So we're playing. Then in the midfield, back then we go for the Geo ten or or uh, Aronson yeah. ten. I'm good. With and that. then put the other one out on the wing. So I, yeah, yeah. Geo at the ten, and then Aronson on the right. Or Pulisic, no, and Gio, then put Sargent or anybody. I would do Sargent at the, Sergeant at the nine. nine and yeah. and Wea on the wing. But Sargent at sure, the nine in works. a high press yeah. system is perfect. And put Stefan in goal on the Zach front Stephen foot. Stefan in goal all day. We just we win we win five one. Yeah, yeah. All right, now I see the vision. This is Ty's vision for the USMNT. And both uh, of these are super fun to watch. I, I would love to see the US just like frustrate and bully El Salvador by like forcing them out of their comfort zone, letting the pressure get to them a little bit. First qualifier at home in front of a big crowd. They're going to want to open it up. They're going to want to come at us and try to hurt us. So we just focus on not conceding, being super solid, and then just kill them on the break every time with our speed. Yes, baby. Yes, please, Ty. Let's get a little hopes and fears for this. So it's going to be three games, folks. Stay with us for all of them. We're September 2nd versus El Salvador. We're September 5th. That's a Sunday versus Canada. And then we are September 8th versus Honduras. Uh, These are all nighttime games. So find them, stream them, and hit us up on YouTube. Ty, just El Salvador, because we're going to talk again before Canada. Hopes and fears. What are, you, what are you hoping for, one, and what are you fearing for? My fear is clearer than my hope. My fear is that no one notices. So my fear is that this is not on ESPN, doesn't make the front page of any of the, any of the sports websites, it's not in the newspaper, etc. Because World Cup qualifying is and should be a big deal in our yeah. sports landscape. And we lost some ground last time because we were getting there, but we lost some ground. So this cycle will show us if the USMNT has progressed into a new level of the sports landscape here in the US or if we're where we were before. And it would suck if we were where we were before, but it would be understandable where, you know, I've gone to so many of these qualifiers where I have to tell them at a sports bar that the national team of the country is playing a World Cup qualifier. You know, I have to ask them to put it on in the little TV in the corner where they yeah, don't have yeah. the sound. And I'm listening to some bullshit, you know, random college football game or something. So this this has to end. This, this is what we're trying to, to do here. Well, Rate and review, I baby. I have to tell you. I, I, I got to tell you. Yeah. We're trying. We, I suspect that we are exactly where we were four years ago. I or I guess five well. years ago this time. Um, I suspect that from our own podcast numbers <laughs> and also just from the, like, just the way it feels, uh, the big difference guys is the team that we are bringing to this situation. The amount Oof. that people are missing Oof. is, has gone way oh. up. So before people were missing a little bit, like it was, they were a little yeah, it was, less it was, aware. It was than more to watch have. than they thought. Right now, people have no idea how fucking dope this team can be. It's, it's dope no on a idea. global scale. 
Like yeah. there are there are lots of countries that would kill to have the roster that we have right now. Good so countries. many. Ninety percent so. of all the countries correct want correct. to have a team that looks like ours. Yeah. Uh, so it's fucking lit. I'm so excited. My um, I'm gonna go with my my hope here in this game is for a. I want to see a. Uh, a Tim Weah, Serginio Dest dance-off in the box. So this happened. Um, I forget. It, at some point in the Nations League, there was, there was a little karaoke dance-dance revolution party in the box with Tim Weah and DeAndre Yedlin. And it's the most mind-bending shit. You could, it's, not, it's like not effective. I, we, we need to get these guys some, some pep in their water or something to, to, to get them to do more like... Uh, you know, game savvy action. This, this is this is a buddy the, comedy waiting to happen. The, it's the entertainment value of these two guys drip, tri, like kind of like competing for greatest gotham in the in the corner. Yeah, exactly. exactly especially yeah. especially yeah. when if if we go ahead by a few goals, uh, we're gonna see a competition for greatest gotham between Serginio Dust and Absolutely. Tim Absolutely, a hundred percent, and I love it. Get on those dancing shoes, Timmy. <laughs> My prediction, this. though, is that so Serginio Dust to me is barely on the away team. I gotta admit. Wow. Wow. He's barely on the away team. I think wow. he's not gonna be up for what they're gonna throw at him. But the reason I want to wow. put him out there is to get him ready for the next seven. He's he's to me he's close to the undroppable list. I think he's on I the undroppable. I don't think he's at all list. undroppable. He's he, for, he's undroppable for me. He's in I say Polisic, McKenney, uh Adams. Adams and Dest are my Brooks. undroppables. Brooks is not undroppable to me. In your in your I think, view. Yeah, like I think cuz what we're talking about with an undroppable player is someone who is considered like the spine of the team uh and if chris richards and robinson are playing better that's a win for us we we want someone to get better than john brooks that's a bizarre i guess i guess to be it's a strange argument i guess i've lost myself in this argument a little bit but your point was dust is not at locked in as as much as not for to you me. as he is not for to me. me i think and he's gonna me. have a couple qualifying he'll he'll score some worldies at home but he's going to have a lot of rough games in qualifying. And this is because he's Ajax and Barcelona primed. He's never seen a cup of urine in his life. He doesn't know what happens. <laughs> he doesn't know what happens to feces after it leaves the body. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't flush because he's never had to. Oh my god! Um, we don't know. Uh, that's true. I don't know because strikes, you got yeah. it, it, it's, it's a lot of miles. So he's going Spain to Nashville to El Salvador, back to Nashville. Then I forget the second game. It's uh, the second away game, but another away game. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's lot. a climate he's totally not used to. This is not, uh, you know, Amsterdam in September. We're, we're talking some, some real heat here. So I... I I think he's so good that I'm willing to still go for it, but I, I, I do predict that he will... I think he will be a weak point in the team, in, the, in this game and in the, the away games and until he catches on to it. Well, well, well. Uh, so then my fear... I'll do my fear and then you got to do a hope. My fear is 
that Dest proves you right here. I love Dest. I, I love him so much. I want the best for Dest. The Dest is yet to come. But you're right. He's defensively weak um, at times. And my fear is that he proves you right. Another quick fear is that we see a Kellen Acosta, Jordan Pifak uh, starting lineup. I, it's just, this could be so inspiring and exciting. And I love you, Kellen Acosta. I love you, Jordan Pifak. But you're not fitting the brand that I envision for this team moving forward. No. So, my hope is for a signature Pulisic moment. Oh, Because he's yeah. had a lot of good ones at home, but... Even at home, World Cup qualifying last time, he he went missing in a lot of the games. He's 17, very understandable. But now's his time. He's he's getting into his prime. He is the leader of the team. He's got to be... Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. He's not the leader, but he's definitely the best player, right? He's the best player. He's yeah. the best player. So, so he needs to show that. He needs to lead by example, even if he's not being the vocal leader that Weston or Tyler will be. Um, so that's that's my hope, is that this is... Not just for this game, but this qualifying is Christian Pulisic kind of coming out as that alpha guy. And that guy. We, we've seen flashes, but we just haven't seen it happen yet. And that's what we will need going into, World Cup, going into a potential World Cup to feel like we have a shot at success. Who do you think is the long-term team captain between Weston and... I would Adams? like Tyler Adams to be team captain... President, Secretary General of the UN, anything else we can think of. There's an interesting, they have an interesting like good cop, bad cop thing going on between the two of them. I'm not sure which is which, but it's Yeah, who's the peanut, bad cop? It's yeah. peanut butter and jelly here. Peanut like It's like boring cop, cool cop. Yeah. Uh, where to, with Tyler as the boring cop. Yes, is, exactly. You know, exactly. Ty Tyler's really worried about making sure everyone does the paperwork. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, Pulisic's yeah. like, strap me up, I'm getting out there. Well, Pulisic, you're talking, McKenney is like, strap me up. McKenney's like, totally. fuck the fucking paperwork. Yeah, exactly. McKenney's like, McKenney's like leading with his, in a sort of this zany sort of personality way. I don't think Pulisic should ever be the captain. I think it should always be between someone else. I think totally it's good. Fair. Yeah. There's something very good about having a captain that's not your best player. That's There's something right about that. I'm not right, sure. Right, right. We'll yeah. continue this thought later. Another thing that's odd, real one last thought about this roster and this team is that there's no troublesome personality. There's there seems to be very little sort of infighting. There's no Jeff Cameron, no Jermaine Jones kind of stirring up discontent. I I haven't heard many people complaining about minutes, complaining about chances, etc. And that's a really good thing. So it, it seems like a more cohesive group than we've had in a long time. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that it's such a cluster of age. Yeah. So we, we used to have like a smattering of young guys along with a, pretty much nobody in the middle and a bunch of old guys. And that can't be good for the cohesion of the group. But now we it's like... We also need you know, to... For white... Because I think you're right. The team does seem to have that sort of like... Uh, a, 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 it's a noticeable lack of conflict, internal conflict. And I, it occurs to me that we ought to thank our lucky stars that Pulisic happened first and Gio Reyna happened <laughs> not first. You know, I don't want to say second because a few things happened in between. Maybe fifth. Yeah, Gio, Gio first would have been. Gio years. first would have been a generational disaster to just have this because his he yeah his bar for 
allowing his ego to take over is really low. It was like being one of the young guys on the under 18 team. He was like, started to get a big head. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, and if, if Gio in a couple years will likely be the best player on this team. Gio is uh, the one guy on the roster or on the team right now where I think he has the potential to be the best player in the world. I think yeah. the, the ship ship has sailed for the other guys, but Gio is on a trajectory that those guys have done in the past. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. Recently uh, kid. became the youngest player ever to get to 50 Bundesliga appearances. Not foreign player. No, ever. The youngest he soccer player ever to play I believe 50 he's. Times. I believe he is tied with his dad for goals in the Bundesliga right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh talking about Claudio so Reyna. This is like yeah. an, a talismanic talent of US a legend. Yeah. Yeah. His son is 18 years old and just tied him up in the Bundesliga oh for six goals. Incredible. I hope he goes um, in that package deal to Real Madrid. Let's do this thing. Fuck let's it. Let's do this. Fuck it. I, a couple years ago, I'd be like, no, don't go. Stay at Dortmund. But now I'm like, do this. Let's fucking do this. What are we he's, waiting for? He's getting ready. He's getting ready. Yeah. This, this is, he's got to show up this year. But I think after this year, he'll be ready. Um, this has become a different show, but the Jaden Sancho trans transfer is really helpful for the Jaden. The Jaden's transfer. Transfer. <laughs> the Jaden transfo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very helpful for our Geo Reyna development watch. Um, it, it makes him kind of him and Erling Holland are just the center of Dortmund now. It's awesome. They are indeed. All righty. All righty. Any last words here uh, before? I'm we just so psyched. I'm so. I mean, so psyched. Since Trinidad, there has not been a game that's as big as the game on Thursday. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be, you know, freaking out about it until the whistle blows and there's three points in the bag. Let's fucking go. I love it, folks. I love uh, block parties. There's a block party on my block yesterday. I love that it happened. I attended for about five minutes. I ate some chicken. I went back to my bedroom. It's the type of supporter I Perfect. am. But I was there, and I love that it happened. Um, I really enjoy uh, um, messaging apps. So WhatsApp has been really helpful. Problem is it's, uh, it's owned by big corporate. So uh, consider using Signal instead, which is an open source code. And we'll never have our, we'll never be taken advantage of if we all just use Signal instead. So I love that. Um, and I especially love me some Sour Patch Kids, but um, I, they, they leave my teeth feeling like Swiss cheese. And it's very uncomfortable because it reminds me how badly I need to see a dentist. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I absolutely love the Nats. <laughs> Let's Goodbye, fucking people. go. <laughs> Goodbye, people. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps.